Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. I taught out of this. I opened up the um, service Sunday with this scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And I just feel it's very relevant to what we're, you know, the teaching on tonight. Pretty much looking at ourselves and where we are in our walk. Can somebody read that for me? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not much more in my absence, work out your own soul, your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. And keep keep going. So and it's a, it is God. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen. For it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And I was uh, talking to Pastor Body earlier today and I was telling him, I said, that scripture about working out. And um, as the Holy Spirit illuminated that off the page for me as I taught and as I was preparing to teach Sunday, because it just reminded me, it's just like when we work out every day. That's how you should work out in the word. That's how we should view the word. And literally that's been on my mind, like working out. And so even as I reviewed the text and we're still in chapter three, because I saw where Felicia, I mean, yeah, Felicia left off last week because it's so much. And I started to jump to chapter four, but I was like, why? I was like, why? I was like, because it was so many things um, that I feel like we need to bring out tonight. And I wanted to open up with that scripture that we I mean, how many of you all here have been saved more than five years? Have most people been here more, saved more than five years? Okay, online, how many people have been saved for more than five years? Even if you've been saved a year, those who have been saved a year, you really are blessed. I was talking to my daughter about what we were studying, and I said, well, you've seen some of our emotional stuff and things we've gone through. So you, you should be straight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you shouldn't, some of, you know how to be very transparent and real. You don't have to like uh, put on airs. Like you didn't even know people were putting on airs in the church. It's people not being your, their genuine selves and try to please people so much. But this generation of young people, I mean, they're not trying, they're gonna do what God has called them to do. And um, you know, and, and the objective is to please God. So it's not so much you. And if I got this issue and I'm feeling this kind of way, they're gonna tell me, you know, and pray for me, you know, and I'm praying for myself, but this is where I am. And so that realness, there's nothing wrong with that because that's how God wants us to be. And this is kind of what this text is, is talking about. So we're gonna look at page 46 um, in the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, and, and of course the book says the subtitle, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It's impossibly spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And so um, the bottom of verse 46, this is what Felicia was uh, winding up last week. Um, it reads um, from Matthew scriptures, verse Matthew 22, chapter 22, said the greatest commandment, Jesus said, uh, are that we love God with all our heart, our mind, and our strength, and so, and that we love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Said so the greatest commandment is that we love God with all our heart, our mind, and our strength, and our soul, 
and we love our neighbor as ourselves. That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. And then it started talking about being contemplated. Like, what is what does it mean to be contemplated? And you know, my husband's talked about that contemplative spiritual out, a contemplative crit. But it talks about our con- being contemplated in our spiritual out as we look to the greatest commandment, love God with all our heart, mind, soul, our, our, and our spirit, our strength, and our neighbors, ourselves. And then it says, we got to be contemplated. And what it means to be contemplated um, is defined as um, having a mind, a mind that's loving on page 47, a mind, top of page 47, a mind that's loving, unmixed, uh, permanent in its permanent attention to things of God, a, a mind that is loving and unmixed, I guess undeterred, uh, permanent attention to the things of God. So we talk about being contemplated when contemplative spirituality deals with our minds being set on God. Okay, we got that. Contemplative spirituality means our minds being set on, on God. Contemplation is the vertical line going upward toward God that cuts through the emotional, that cuts through emotional health. Um, We are not simply about experiencing a better quality of life uh, through emotional health. Y'all just, I just read that. We are not just about experiencing a a better quality of life through emotional health, but our awareness of and responding to the love of God is at the heart of our lives. We are first and foremost about God revealed in Christ. We are first and foremost, as we contemplate our spirituality, our focus to be on God, you know, um, even Sunday, because I was like, I'm tired of seeing some kind of one. Uh, even Sunday, when we looked at um, uh, living a Christ-centered life in an anti-Christ world, um, it is about our mind being set on God. It is about how do we live, live to please God. And um, the author is saying here, we are foremost, first and foremost about God revealed in Jesus Christ. God being revealed in Jesus Christ. So I'm so being emotionally healthy in our spirituality is being contemplative, is processing where we are and, and who we are in God. And as we go through the text, um, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, but as we go through the text, one thing that, that jumped out at me is how the author said, when I first got saved, how, how many of us when we first got saved, our focus, we was just so hungry for God. And some of us still are hungry for God, right? I feel I'm hungry for God, but you know, I have my moments. I'm like, God, restore the joy of my salvation. I have to pray that sometimes, especially go through trials and tests and challenges. Like, Lord, just restore the joy. And so, but he was saying how I was so excited in, in my walk with God, just wanting more of God, seeking God, hungry for God. But as we get involved in doing the work of the church, we get distracted. We get our, our, our focus on God. We're like, Lord, Lord, I'm doing your work. So you understand I got to do this. So I ain't got time to go pray. And ain't got, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that because I have to do this for the church. But that's not, that's not spending time with God. So I feel like when they talk about being contemplative, it's calling us to get back focused on, on our uh, walk with God. And he said, at the same time, um, Contemplation is not simply about our relationship with God. He made that point. So it's not just our personal relationship. It's not just about our relationship with God. It is ultimately the way we see and treat people and the way we look at ourselves. Hmm. So it's not just our relationship with God. It's how we treat people and how we treat ourselves. 
okay? Our relationship with God and relationship with others are, are two sides of the same coin. If our contemplation or loving union with God does not result in a loving union with people, then it is all, then it is, um, it, well, it is not true. So if our, if our union with God does not result in loving union with people, uh, first John, I mean, was it first John four verse seven is not true. Does anybody have first John? We're not going to read all that. We got to read this because I, I pulled it out, but you know, I wrote it down. I, I, I wrote some of this in my book. Um, this verse, first John chapter four, verse seven, it talks about, but love, let us love one another because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Okay. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now they went all the way to verse 21 and the whole thing talks about our love for God. So he's saying, if we're not um, loving, loving one another, not only loving God and loving ourselves, but if we're not loving one another, he said that we are, we're not born of God. Whoa. Now, how many Christians do y'all know act like they don't love people? <laughs> I'm just saying, how many of y'all know? Christians that are, I mean, they, and I remember, uh, Felicia, you, you were saying that last week when you were teaching uh, how you were the, the kid that liked to go to the neighborhood house and see how we're doing, welcome to the neighborhood. See, all of us wouldn't like that, you know. But anyway, just about how your personality type was. And we're all, we're, we're all wired different, right? But even the quietest person, even the loudest person I've observed, they can still be loving. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be quiet. You don't have, but it's just in the core of who we are. It's like, you know, man, that person is really loving. But do you know some people that are, well, say, say they're Christian and at the core of who they are, it's like, I don't know, you know? And, and over the years I've heard people say, well, I love God, but I just don't, and, and, but I don't like the church. Well, I don't like people in the church. I don't like church people. Well, I, in a sense, I get that. I would say more religious people, but not other Christians. You get what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like people who don't strive to live the word or say they one thing and, and, and find out they're another. That's different. So what do y'all have to say? I want to get some feedback quickly, but that's, that's been for me to hear people say that. And honestly, when I hear people say that, like, well, I love God, but I don't love you know, people in the church. That really grieves me. Because, um, I mean, you got to love people. You got to love people, you know? And, and I feel like the more we grow in our walk, if we do not stay the vertical, contemplative to God, it's like this book is causing us to think and pause and not just get in this religious cycle because you got to love God and you got to love people. You got to love people. The up and out. Love people, mm-hmm. and that's Exactly. Exactly. And God uses people. He uses people in your family. He uses your kids. I don't think anybody 
have checked me in life like my kids. I mean, I, I have to say, it's like, goodness. And you know, and then your husband, like my husband understood me through our daughter. Okay, he, he understood that's how women are. Okay, that he has a daughter. And then my boy's like, mom, like really? So they would say stuff to me that their dad would say. And I'm like, okay, maybe it is me. I'm being honest, your kids will check you. Your kids will check you. So it's like if you can't take for them, and then you're like, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me. But if you're telling your kids, I'll be quiet, don't you? Which old school, yeah, they used to do that. But if you can't take it from people right in your circle and you know they love you, and then you leave and somebody else tell you the same thing, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like you said, it's vertical and then horizontal. So we love God, but we gotta love people. We have to love people, all right? So, <clears throat> so again, to say we love God and then we're supposed to be in union with people. If we don't love God and people, we, we don't love God. The Bible says we don't love God. That's why I want us to read 1 John 4 and 7. We do not love God. And it talks about emotional health. Um, on the other hand, concerns uh, primarily with loving others well. So emotional health deals with loving others well. Woo. It co connects us to our interior, looking at ourselves, making possible uh, the seeing and treating of each other as worthy of respect. Created in the image of God and not just as objects to use. Whoa, that's why I wanted to go through this text. I can jump to chapter four. Not objects to be used, but worthy of respect. Worthy of respect. Um, yeah, because it's like, and, and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was making a point. I was saying, the Bible says, um, and you, you realize somebody has an off with you. Go get your gift and go get it right with that person. Now you have an off with somebody, but if somebody got something against you, you leave your gift. Do y'all know scripture read that way? Do we need to go to that text? It said, you, you leave, if you stand praying and you praying and you realize your brother has something against you, not vice versa, but somebody told you, you rubbed me wrong. And you're trying to pray and you hear that person in the back of your mind saying, I didn't like the way you talked to me. And you're trying to pray and you ignore what that person said, you're not in the Bible. Because the Bible says, leave your gift, go get it right with your brother. Are they right? Are they wrong? It doesn't matter. They said they were, you rubbed them wrong. They said something was wrong. Because at the end of the day, it's our emotional health depends on us loving others well. Wow. You could just shut the I mean, loving others well. That's huge. That's huge. And it said it connects us to our interiors, making possible the image of God and not just uh, as objects to be used. Making us look and, and realize we're created in the image of God, not just objects to be used. But we are to be respected. We, you know, love people, respect people, and never get to the point where nobody matters. And um, Okay, Pastor Biden, what you got to say? You like you want to say something. But anyway, I'm going to let you marinate on that. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you want to say something. Um, um, not, not as obvious. For this reason, self, listen, self-awareness, knowing what is going on on the inside of us, is indispensable to emotional health and loving, and, and loving well. Self-awareness, self-awareness. 
uh, and what's going on inside of us is indispensable to emotional health and loving well. I mean, I liken that to um, the child who doesn't really know that much about love, and it's all about that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's about what you like, skills, whatever. This is what I want. I want this man. I'm sweet to talk about love. That's true. It. It's all about me, and it's not until that they mature as a child and learns how to love and how to um, um, give to somebody else, love mm-hmm. himself. The same thing with, with the Christian That's huge. That that's huge. Um, that's a great example. The baby. What'd you say? We're surrounded, sort of set that tone for you because you grow up somewhere where they all hate all the time, and then you're doing the same thing that everyone else around you is doing. So a lot of that is what surrounds you. Yes, determines how you know. I mean, sometimes you know you're around people they negative. You find yourself being there. You, you just go, go back like, in the front. I don't know if anybody ever felt that. Like, oh, yeah. Where can I get that from? But, you know, a lot of things is what we surround ourselves with. It's probably have to be in the world, surround, you know, things yeah. that are around you. You know, we, our, our environment shapes us. Yeah. The, the environment we brought up in, it shapes us. Mm-hmm. How we were brought up when we were young, it shapes who we are, you know. and and, and another thing uh, I've heard people say often, and I just don't agree with, this is just who I am. This is just how I am. Well, which, as, if you are a Christian, you're striving to be like Christ, but this is just how I am. No, no, no. The, you, let me tell you this, you are going backwards when you feel like you have no more growing to do. When you feel like you cannot grow and, and, and be tall and from, from a child, I can learn from kids. I listen to kids because they can teach you a lot, you know, Um, but we have to continue to grow and let God develop us because it is like a baby. It is. We are a part of our culture and our environment because that shapes us. And so when he said, slow down and and um, and look at where you are. And pause and look at emotionally, just where are you? Why do you respond the way you respond? Why do you act the way you do? Why is it okay? Unless we pause and see that, we're not going to change. You know, my mom may be watching this, but, you know, I love you, LMA. But uh, <laughs> she used to get on my grandma a lot. Like, oh, no matter what, they walk, you know, walking in the house, she fussing everybody, touching this, touching that. Ah, she just fuss, 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 fuss. Honey, LMA is 72. And she don't want to hear it. But I'm like, Mom, now you know who you act like, right? <laughs> and so I have to catch myself like, Lord, just, just, just fussing about this. But I just love just class, just my Lord, one thing after another, just fussing, just, just anything, just, a, just friction. And not even, it's just like you said, it's our environment tone. It's like, it's like we don't even catch ourselves. There's one thing after another. And until we pause and look at ourselves, 
We can point things at everybody else, but until we look at ourselves, we can only control us. Not others, we can only control us, Felicia. But that's part of that loving well, and that's where those other people come mm -hmm. Because you might say this just the way I am, but if I am to love you, and you are my brother, my sister in Christ, and you're telling me that hobbles you when I do that, then if I'm going to love you well, then I at least, I at least have to take into consideration that something in my behavior needs to change. Yes. At least when I'm dealing with this person. <laughs> I don't mind that. Exactly. But y'all heard people say that, right? Like oh, yeah. this is how, like this is how I am. But one scripture that came to mind, um, that scripture that talks about uh, if my if meat offends my brother, I won't eat meat in their presence. You know, if if this offends my brother, I won't do this in their presence. And like you said, you have to be selective. I mean, if you don't have friends, it's not one size fit all. You know, I had an old friend one time. I mean, you know, we were coming up in the church. You know, she didn't drink wine and all that. And then one day we were out at a game, and you know, she was like, you know, mind if I drink wine? I said, yeah, you know, how did, when you start drinking? So she put it to the side, but I'm, at least she respected me enough to ask. Right. You know, I'm not even gonna get deep in what she told me, but anyway. So, but for her to even ask me that question, I was like, okay, that, you know, I appreciated her for that. You know, it was a whole nother conversation of the why. <laughs> she went into the why, but uh, she just self medicate okay. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, those, those are great points. And the text, he said, at the same time, emotional health is not only about ourselves and our relationship, it impacts our image of God, our hearing of God's voice and our discernment of his will, wow. Our emotional health is not only about ourselves and our relationships, now it goes back to, it impacts our image of God, our hearing God's voice and our discernment of his will. Do you realize the thing that probably brought you to Christ at a young age and now you, where you are as an adult, it's a whole different mindset of, okay, who God is to you. Jesus is your savior. But the reason, rationale why some of us came to God, it was an escapism thing. Like we said, uh, one of the uh, lessons in chapter two, it was saying, um, what it said, you use God, I forgot how it went, you use God to um, help, help you go through emotional problems or whatever. Well, of course, I mean, the Bible says, come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, I give you rest, right? But it says you use God. So yeah, our trials bring us to God. However, if you don't get to that point in your walk where it's just like, oh my gosh, you're so awesome. You're so faithful. I just love you. And it's always, God, can you get me out of this? God, can you do this for me? God, can you do this? And never, um, and never, it's, it's never, oh, you're so awesome. God, I just love you. I just, I just can't wait to get in your presence. You know, have y'all had a moment where you just couldn't wait to get in your Bible study? You couldn't wait to pray? Just have your quiet time. You know what I'm saying? Just, just get that time alone with God. You know, my husband gone for a week, you know, and um, I've been enjoying myself, praise you, Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Lord. Bless you, Pastor Steve. But uh, I'm just saying, 
I mean, you know, Felicia, you in that big house by yourself, you know, I'm just saying, you're just like, whoa, I ain't had this in a while. <laughs> just, yeah, by a long time. Um, so we're going to, still at the bottom of page 47, the three gifts of integration, talk about, talking about integration, of emotional health and contemplative spirituality uh, offer three primary gifts of integration. Each enables us to participate in the enormous transformation power of Jesus Christ. So these three uh, areas uh, helps transform us emotionally, uh, uh, power into the emotional power of Jesus Christ. Number one, the gift of slowing down. Whoa, <laughs> the gift of slowing down. Number two, the gift of anchoring in God's love. Number three, the gift of breaking free of illusions. I think we don't talk about all <laughs> this conversation. Okay, the gift of slowing down. Um, and it talked about, in, in this it was talking about as Christians, so Christians or not, we are overscheduled, tense, frantic, preoccupied, fatigued, starved for time. Uh, others are not busy, but bored, ignoring God's presence and, and gifts all around us. So some people are bored. But some people are fatigued, busy, frantic. Yeah, feel stressed. Anybody in the room <laughs> tonight? Anybody online tonight? You feel stretched. You feel overwhelmed. Um, it says working hard for God in season and out of season. Um, he was saying was expected in the church back in the 1850s, 1900s evangelicals was expected for them to be working hard for God in season out of season church. He was talking about Charles Spurgeon. Y'all ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? Uh, famous theologian was one of the greatest evangelical figures of the of church history. Summed up our commitment to activism and a speech he gave to future leaders training in ministry. He said, brethren, listen, do something, do something, do something. <laughs> yeah. While committees waste their time over resolutions, do something. Our greatest weakness flows out of our greatest strength. We excel at leading people, at, listen to this. So we excel at leading people to personal relationship with Jesus and mobilizing the church to go out and make disciples of all nations. But because of, because of that excellence, we often do not pay attention to God. Huh. He took my back in that day. <laughs> huh? It's still the same. He said, we get, we're winning people to Christ. We're winning souls, evangelizing. Think about, think about how you get so caught up in doing church. And it says, uh, but often we do not pay attention to God. It says, we are too active for the, we are too active for the kind of reflection needed to sustain a life of love with God and others. Ooh. Yeah. We are too active or, or at the kind of reflect for the kind of reflection needed to sustain a life of love with God and others. That hit me. You know, that hit me because we've been through a season. I mean, when you get so caught up in building ministry and doing ministry, how, how, how does Satan slip in unaware? How much time and attention were you paying to God? You were doing the work of God how much time are you spending with God? And he was talking about then, and of course now, winning souls, getting people acclimated to the church, discipleship. You could be doing all that and still not spending time with God. 
Isn't that something? You're still not spending time with God. And it says, um, <clears throat> and it says, let me get back to where emotional health and contemplative spirituality together are powerful enough to slow us down. So if you have emotional health coupled with uh, contemplative spirituality is enough to slow us down. So contemplative spirituality pretty much deal with, of course, loving God, horizontal, loving people, loving yourself. And then emotional health is like, let me, let me evaluate where I am mentally. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I act the way I act? Like we said earlier, it goes back to your culture. But why do I do the things I do? Any questions or comments before I move forward? I think about what Because the thing about it is, I think it's well when you do not love yourself. That's true. That's a good somebody says in my mind. I think it, I agree, nice. I think it's hard to love others well when you do not love yourself. And that's a part of the text too. And that's the problem. If we don't really love ourselves, how can we really love other people? If we don't really love ourselves, how can we love other people? And and this is the thing, Felicia. Are we bold enough in the church to go to that person that God lay on our heart to talk to and deal with where they are and pull them to the side and say, A, B, C, and D? Instead of talking to somebody else about it, if we go to that person and we tell them what we see or we tell them what we observe, do we have the Holy Spirit enough, not just bold in our flesh, but is it God leading you to that person? And if it is, why don't you share? with the person where they are, because they, I feel like that'll keep people from falling. I feel like that'll keep people from avoiding certain pitfalls. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you're just doing your job as a Christian and in love to be, to help your brother get where they need to be. I don't care how long they've been saved, but how do we allow the Holy Spirit to use us to speak into those people's lives? Sometimes it's like the day we just gloat and people fall. It's like, really, the church just gloat and people falling. Exactly. Yes. You can't say anything to this person, or this person can't say anything to you. Sometimes because of your title. Exactly. Your is greater than your title. It's greater than your title. And it could be the one thing you need to keep from the father. Exactly. Exactly. I think you also have to establish that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes you want to you want to go to people and say something to them that you but you really don't know them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't go to them, but it's how you it's how you I agree. So I agree. you may not have a good relationship, or you, not a good you may not have you may be more of acquaintance than mm -hmm. friend. Mm -hmm. So how we approach, if if the spirit of God is leading us, then he'll lead us how to approach. But sometimes we might approach the person that you really don't have that kind right. of interaction. Right. Right. So, that pays I totally agree. That's a great point because my thing is 
That's why it pays to be friends with people. <laughs> I mean, you pass somebody to church. I mean, you 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 greet. If you pass somebody hospitality, if you pass somebody at the church, just be kind of how you doing today? Bless you. Don't let somebody pass you by without ever speaking to them or, or knowing them. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never talked to that person. I've never seen that person. Okay, I get that, but don't just say hey. So when some come up and you need to say something, they're like, you done passed me five times, you never spoke. <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? So you definitely, if God lays something on your heart, if it's God, I mean, how you say it goes a long way because you just about to speak the truth in love. You can be around a stranger and God puts something on your heart. You can be in a grocery store. I mean, you saying God used me. Sometimes we got to tend to say, hey, how you doing? And yeah. we're trying to keep going. Yes. Let's really hear how you Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so we really get how they're doing. Kind of like, yeah. A, 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 a small check. Yeah. A small check kind of helps move to a thing of, right. can I really know that person really kind of is, really is asking how to change them. Exactly. Exactly. Because they always check them. Yeah. They always check them. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's a slowing down. That's the slowing down. That's the slowing down. We don't recognize Christ's blood. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to destroy Christ's mm-hmm. Therefore, we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, it has to be something that we are and we're trying to do something. We really have to mind to do Okay. Yeah. I hear you. I was thinking earlier, I was thinking about something necessary. We're talking about our background. When there's a lack, you know, when the was talking about, because I thought it was an excellent example, you know, a child, a baby, when you're right, they do want, you know, feet and feet and rock, we rock, we change, we change, you know, you know, like robot. Um, <clears throat> as they get older, you know, I was in Target, well, somewhere today, um, and as I was bending over getting something from the grocery store, a shell. I heard this child steps. I mean, I still talk to mom. Mom was like, You want to get? And the child let her know by the pitch of her mm. voice whether she wanted it or not. Mm. And in my mind, immediately, I knew I was like, You know, because she I like spank her. <laughs> because that's what my parents did. Yeah. They didn't tolerate that. Well, I get married. It took my wife when my son was this, she said 10. I mean, six, five, six years old. I think it was, was it five or six. I remember the house we lived in. It was sick. And I finally listened and tried something. She said, before you start looking up, mm-hmm. take your hand and swap this behind. Mm-hmm. She said, sit him down. Sit him down. I walked away. I came back in and talked to her and shared with her why that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. She said, just like today. See? I thought about that. You know, I sound just like Lottie, Lottie, too. Just plus, 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 plus. You know, and when you grow up with that, you grew, I, I grew up, well, how do I please? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get, but later on, in the, and I'm in this, the new, new edition. The author talks about how to go back and maybe take that time and say, God, why do I do this? Exactly. You know, 
And I tried that and I didn't get it right away. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It became a prayer. Yes. I began to pray to God about something. You know, now it's up to me to go back in my time with God and say, remember that prayer I, I asked you? I'm still looking to you. So I guess it makes sense that you said earlier, healthy, emotionally health is how we treat others. Mm -hmm. We won't know really how to treat others unless we're we have that intimacy with God. Yes. First. Yes. 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 So that we know how that you know Jamal was talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, even if it is a stranger. Or even if it's someone we don't know that well, they are. If we're in touch with God, the Holy Spirit's going to teach us verbatim, right? How to say or what to say, or and how and how loving we to say it. You know? So I guess all I'm saying is I see the points connected. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about that. Not that I was against saying because I think I remember reading it. Emotional health is how you treat others, but I just mm -hmm. I it is. Yeah, it's about you know, it's, but I get it. So. It's, it's, it's all of that. emotional health. It's how you love God, how yeah. you love people. Yeah. Let me let me move on for a moment in sure. the text. And um, so let's go to page 49. It, it talks about Mary and Martha represent two approaches to Christian life. Martha is actively serving Jesus, but she is missing Jesus. She is busy in doing in the doing of life. Her life at this moment is filled with shoulds and have tos. Her life is fragmented, pressured, and filled with distractions, right? Her life is fragmented, pressured, and filled with distractions. Her duties have become disconnected from her love for Jesus. So it says her duties have become disconnected from her love for Jesus. And, and this is in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And then it talks about Martha is, Martha's problem goes beyond her busyness. Her life is concerned, uh, concerted, what, uncentered and divided. Uh, it says, um, Martha, I, he said, I suspect if Martha were to sit at the feet of Jesus, she would still be distracted with everything on her mind. True. Her inner person would touch, would be touchy, irritable, and anxious because she used to be busy, right? And it says one of the, the surest signs of her life being out of order is that she even tells God what to do. Lord, I'm up here working and fixing this food or whatever. Can you tell Mary to come help me? So she told Jesus what to do. Can you tell her to come help me? So she told Jesus what to do because she was frustrated. But Mary, on the other hand, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. She is being, she is being with Jesus enjoying intimate intimacy with him, loving him, attentive, open, quiet, taking pleasure in his presence. She is engaged in what we will call the contemplative life. So she says she's enjoying intimacy with him, loving him, attentive to him, open, quiet, taking pleasure in the presence. She is engaged in what we call the contemplative life. It says Mary is not trying, listen to it, Mary is not trying to master God. Her life has one, has her life is one of center of gravity, Jesus. I suspect, listen, this is powerful to me. I suspect if Mary were to help with many household chores, she would not be worried or upset because she's been the presence of Jesus. 
But it's opposite if you're doing so many other things and you're not spending time with God, you're going to be frustrated somebody actually help you. But if somebody's spending time with God, oh, now I have the right attitude to serve. But going back to what Vanessa, the point you were making about some people don't know how to love and have been taught to love. I think about the scripture when it says love is of God and God is love. And even first, was the first Corinthians 13 talks about just what love look, love look like. Because I've even weighed that in my own life. Like, is love is patient, love is kind, love is not easily provoked, love is, you know, uh, suffers long and is kind. I mean, just what does love look like? And God is love. So when we become Christians, and Tony, you made the point as far as our, our family, elder body, the spanking. I mean, I got spanked and I spanked my kids. I mean, I did, <laughs> you know, but, but I did sit them down more than I spanked because it's like, okay, I'm not just going to beat my child because it was enraged. Most of the time, our parents beat us. They were enraged <laughs> and frustrated. But love is a God of God. So as you go on your walk and you read the word and being filled with the Holy Spirit, God fills you with his love. Because when I reflect on how my parents were raised and what I went through, I can't say they didn't love me how they responded in a certain way, but that's the only way they knew how to love. But I knew they loved. But as they grew in their walk, they, they, they did better. So they did, my mom did better than her mom. Now I do better than my mom. You get what I'm saying? Because when you know better, you do better. Okay? Um, I think a lot of times people are calling me that I can say something today happened about supervisor came to me and she was and then my co-worker uh then I was like her and I was like I had to stop because sometimes you can hear you you ever hear yourself when you say something like did I just do that so I apologized to her and I said I'm sorry because I let her negativeness get to me Mm -hmm. and then I started shooting at you Mm -hmm. and she was like oh Tony she said that's okay I understand and I said but no I, I heard myself and I had to apologize. And, and I did. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to come off like that. Because, you know, as me, I actually heard myself. And I was like, tell me, make it right. You know, automatically. Because mm-hmm. I never want nobody to come to me and say, you know what? You hurt my feelings. And it'd be like 10 years ago. You remember when you did that 10 years ago? I'm like, well, you've been holding that that long? That long? And you didn't just come and say, tell me, you, you, you hurt my feelings. And that's that's what I, I don't want to hold. And I'm one of the type of people, I don't like to hard or hard feelings because it does make your heart hard. So I try and release it. It's yes. pray about it. Lord, give me the opportunity that I can get it right with that person. But I try and release it as soon as I can because it does, it, it affects your heart. You know, with everybody after that, if you don't learn how to release it, you know, pray about it. I agree. I agree. And like you said, you hurt yourself. Because, I mean, when God is in us, the Holy Spirit is in us. He shows us ourselves. God shows us ourselves. We say, Lord, show me me. He shows us ourselves through people. He uses people. He uses people at the church. He uses people in our household. He uses our husband. He uses our kids. He uses co-workers. He uses people. So for us to say, I want to be on an island by ourselves, you can't do that because God shapes us through people. He shows us ourselves through people. Cheryl, what you got to say? Y'all saw that <laughs> Cheryl was like, whoo. I can tell, I saw that long, that deep side. Go ahead, go ahead, Miss Cheryl. Just like you said, a lot of people are your environment, And I hate to say that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but that's huge. I mean, and, and this is what I feel like when we talk about emotional health and spirituality is about. It's literally pausing, and now we're sitting here. And those online, we're evaluating and looking at who we, where we are personally. Because you can only control yourself. I can't change my husband. I can't change another person. I can only change me. I can only work on me. And sometimes when you change, you don't even know if the other person changed or not because you change. No, yeah, because because you you it doesn't affect you the same way. Certain things doesn't rub you the same way because you're like God work on me. And at this point, when they were saying because Mary was so in the presence of Jesus that she was open to serve wherever. But the person who all over the place, Mary, Mary Point Martha, I'm sorry, Martha, she was frustrated. But doesn't, that doesn't mean that somebody who's busy, staying busy, if you stay in the presence of God, you can relate to people well. But if you're like not in God's presence, I mean, you can tell. I don't care how many but you pray, listen, you can pray, but I don't know who present, you just left. <laughs> you snap it at people. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like being in his presence consistent. I, I remember this period. I think it was a ministry I was listening to. And um, they were talking about how Jesus had said that when you're talking about wishing people and being able to provide love, mm -hmm. uh, even this kind of thing, that it's difficult to try to give something That's why we have to have moments as we spend time in God's word and spend time in teaching. Well, the word by the Holy Spirit, he teaches us how to love. He teaches us how to, the Bible, when the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself, but you got to love yourself, as my Issa said online, you got to love yourself. So it's like, okay, God, help me to give me your kind of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily puffed up by your Holy Spirit. Because without God, like you made the point, you cannot love. And the problem becomes, as we get so consumed in church work and get titles and positions 
And God increases us and how, how, whatever we feel make us feel significant outside of God. We feel like that it makes it okay to act a certain way or to treat people so, but it's not okay because we can only, love is of God and God is love. The, what we open the scripture, we, the second scripture we read tonight. Love is of God and God is love. So when God is in you, you can say, God, teach me how to love. Because I know I've done that my whole walk. God, teach me how to love people effectively. Teach me how to love people. And I'm still going in my love walk. But the, but the foundation is, God, you're in me. So you're going to help me love people right. If I do it wrong, Tony, have that moment of you catch yourself like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it happens to all of us. Okay, let me get that right because that's love too. And that's the Holy Spirit showing you you so you can grow in your love walk. So those are all moments teaching us how to love. And guess what? He uses people. <laughs> Lord knows he uses people to get us where we need to be. Can I just talk about it with Aaron Martin? Why were you so busy trying to do this and your friends? Why, I mean, why was it so important that you have everything so in order for your friends to visit you? Some people like that. Yeah. But they, they are. Yeah. But it's like, but you don't want to miss the real point of that being your friend. Exactly. I, I, I mean, every little thing is not in order. That's true. But you and my friend. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, you're not going to judge me because it's still like where but that's a great point yeah well the head said she's wrong but but that's what i'm saying but but we're wired but we're wired but this is but this is a good conversation because we're all wired differently we're we all we're all wired differently and you're like well, I'm going to sit here, but then somebody like the next, she'll say, well, no, I got to have this in order. And I'm like that too. Like, I want to have this in order. But my husband said, Sharon, just let it go. I was like, okay. But it's like, you want things a certain way. But like I said, you may miss a visitation, but if I'm spending time with God and he helps me get, give me a balance of this stuff in order, I can do it. But without that, I can't do it. But I, I agree. She missed, she was missing Jesus, but that's how we are. We miss Jesus. He's moving and we're in the kitchen somewhere. Are we in the finance office? The deacon, look, they're in the finance office, they're in the back. That's why David, Lord, I don't know if you get to hear the word like you need to. But we miss visitations because we're so busy. And it's happens sometimes even in the midst of worship. Yes. Praise team may be singing songs, but you might need to get off that mic and go down to that office. Yes. This is something you need. So I'm sorry to blend it with what you need to get this moment. This is bigger than yes. Yes. But don't miss the visitation of God. And, and I feel for us to slow down and become emotionally healthy. It's like when the power of God is in the room, we can't miss that. You know what I'm saying? We can't miss that and just, oh, well, because we, we may not have another opportunity. We don't want it to be our last time, but it could be. Did I make the most of that moment in his presence? <laughs> I, I love Linda and Martha. I love both in the spirit because they're both Jesus. Um, but what Martha, I think what Martha did, and I always believe this God, is that she didn't recognize it. She knew who he was in her house. She knew he was a pastor. She knew he was a friend. And her husband was so uncertain. She looked for what she was trying to do. And so then the thing that that's what they did when we came out. You provide the water for the wife. You set the table. You did all that. 
they don't acknowledge it so at what point so i'm saying because i'm i'm looking from where how we because it's a, a process of discipleship because you got to go through discipleship somebody gets saved you know because i mean the holy spirit teaches you stuff also i mean when you feel with the holy spirit so if it's the thing of people like i don't know this if that's what they're saying so you get saved let's say get saved okay lord i need to be filled with the holy spirit holy spirit to comfort the guy then, okay, you go through different classes. Then you have went people to mentor you, to be that example in front of you. So at what point do people not say, well, I didn't know that? So is this a babe we're talking about or a person who's been saved a long time? Because this is a good dialogue because if people say, I don't know that, they will make excuse for not being emotionally healthy because I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't. But, in, but instead of a posture of, I don't know, but... I'm going to learn this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to grow in this. It's not, you can't. I'm not saying. You don't know something you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. I was, um, I came out of a church where, before the church that I came out of, we were taught to sit in the presence of God. We were taught how to recognize his presence. Before that, I was taught that I didn't know the search for it. It wasn't until I picked up a book by Penny Hill and it asked across so I mentioned that I began to know there's a different, there's a different way. There's, mm -hmm. there's more to it. If you only know what you've been seeing, you don't know what you have. And uh, and so we we in our relationship, and if we want people to know more, we gotta know more. sessions like this I mean would y'all agree sessions like this coming from emotional health and spirituality because we don't know what we don't know but when do we pause to grow and know because we don't know but at the point of 
I got to contemplate. I got to think. I got to pause and then just look at the scriptures and what the scriptures say. Because you could be in a household of total dysfunction. Like nobody knows what's going on. And your mama, I mean, just dysfunction. And you come into a place and you, you experience the love of God. And somebody, well, you could be on the street. Somebody share Christ with you. You may go to church until you transition to the church. But the Holy Spirit is working in you. God is working in you. So I've seen people just shift. And it's like, not because they had a, a church family, but when they got saved, they totally shifted in their demeanor, in their attitude, even as they grew, because they opened the Bible and they start reading it because I want to know Christ. Bishop McGoughlin uh, made that point. He said, I studied the word for years before I ever went to church. And he said, when I went to church and saw people in the church, then I was just like, okay, that's not the Bible. It's like, he, when he saw the church, he's like, oh, that's not how kind of what the Bible. And the more I read the Bible, it's like, oh my gosh. I'm, like I said, Sunday, when I was, I was reluctant to share because it's like, God, I want to get this word, but who's going to hear it, apply it and go walk it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not say, well, I don't, I, okay, I hear the word, I receive the word, I'm going to apply the word. Because at what point do we apply it and, let it and live it out in our lives? And that's when, and that's when you have your individual relationship. Mm -hmm. um, that you really learn what it is to love, what it is to mature mm -hmm. Christ in love, and how to work it out and what to do. And so a lot of times when you go to church, you know, you hear the word, but you're not really going to understand it until you take that word. Sure. That's what it says in the Old Now, somebody leave there and you're like, oh my gosh, it was so good. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to get rid of this, this, this. And somebody's sitting right beside me like, well, I didn't hear all that. And I'm not doing that. So who's right? Who's right? So does one person need somebody to come and explain it further? If they ask, okay, I need you to break that down for me further. Okay. But somebody else, they got it. Like, I got this. I'm applying them out. Because it is an individual wall. And you got to go. And the Old Testament tells us when you go home with the Bible, he told them to go study the word. Take the word home and study it. When you hear the word, go take it and the, the scriptures and study it. You have to and apply it. So how do I live it out? Because this is the thing. If we, to, to pause, and he said these three areas of, what were they? The gift of slowing down. Slowing down. The other gift of anchoring in God's love and the other gift of breaking free of illusion. If we don't pause and look at ourselves and not what I didn't know, what I wasn't taught, because like I said, Sunday at, at City Church and the churches that I've come, and I'm sure, I don't know other churches y'all come out of, but I, I can't say I was barren of the word of God. 
Some of these people that may have taught me maybe backslid, but that don't mean I didn't teach that out and get the word of God. You can go to a dead church and they're coming from scripture. It's scripture. God's word is true and it's powerful and sharpened any three-edged sword. So the scripture is relevant. Um, let me see what someone said. Brother Troy said, this is why uh, Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I agree. I agree. Lack of knowledge. That's why we teach. That's why we pour into the foundations classes, teachers like this, because we don't want anybody to go through because it's emotional turmoil if you don't pause and look inward. And I think with Marshall's emotional turmoil, she's worried, you know, mm -hmm. and she was stressed. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is a teaching. But what did Jesus do? He sat down with her because it's in great. So we know that Jesus said something. And he shared with her. And so he, he shared. Taught her. He taught her. So we have a responsibility. Whoever knows something, we need to say something. Yeah, there you go, Cheryl. Go say get something. Go. We, we made that point. Go to that person you see stuff, if they may be lacking, in love and talk to them. And, and let me say this. And do, do not approach individual. And I, and I have had to check myself with this. Don't go with a self-righteous attitude. Don't go with a know-it-all attitude. Don't go with like their dumb attitude and they're ignorant of the word and scripture. Don't do that. But go with a humble attitude of, you know, just like Priscilla and Quilla helped Apollo. They, 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 he knew the word, but they're like, let me teach you further. I've done that with people over the years. I didn't kill what they knew, but it's like, man, I can tell you on fire for God. Let me, let me just um, explain this to you. Because they may be quoting scriptures and oh, the next minute, you know, I'm going, you know, on a trip with my girlfriend out of town. And they're like, I'm singing on the men's choir and I'm, you know, I'm doing all this, but I'm going, you know, I didn't kill the brother. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, man, it seemed like you really have a heart to please God. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then like asking him questions about his lifestyle, what his teaching is, and then gave him the word regarding how he was living. But I didn't kill him because I'm like, I know he loves God. I don't know what his setting is, what he was taught. So we teach people further. We're going to wrap this up, y'all. Um, good Lord. Let <laughs> me get through chapter three. Okay. That's on page 51. Um, the guy was talking about emotional health. He was saying the pace of my life slowed down considerably uh, 11 years ago when I began my journey into emotional health. The author. It takes time, lots of it, to feel, to grieve, to listen, to reflect excuse me, to be mindful of what is going on around us and in us. It takes time to live and not simply exist and to love well. I think that, that, that gets to us sometimes, just to love well. That thing right there, that can rub us wrong because I love well. What do you mean? Love, love well. How do you want to be loved? Even though if we don't understand it, it's like, but how do you want somebody to treat you? You know, I, I want somebody to be nice. I want somebody to be kind. I want somebody to be genuine. I want somebody to be respectful. You know, he said, love well. He said, resolving to reflect and grow in emotional health, uh, health helped me to understand 1 Corinthians 13 about love for the first time. The goal of the Christian life is to love well. Wow. The Apostle Paul says that we can do great miracles, have great faith, sacrifice everything we have, and yet remain spiritually a baby. Whoa. So we can do great miracle, have great faith, but stay a baby, or perhaps not even be a Christian at all. Not even be a Christian at all. And we don't know how to love. Genuine fruit 
uh, he argues, is marked by supernatural love working and working in and through us. First Corinthians 13 and 1 through 13, which I said earlier. Genuine fruit. God will let us get away from love. He will not let us get away from loving as Christians. You know? I mean, think about how you deal with your kids. I mean, think about how you deal with some of your family members. If that was a stranger, some of y'all be going to cut y'all brothers and sisters off if they were not blood. <laughs> you wouldn't need to talk to them. You don't talk to them much. They don't want to be around you much because they know how you are. But you hang in there because of love, right? And the connection. And maybe because, you know, just keep peace. Um, but, but, but God, but they're shaping us. Okay, I'm getting very close. Understanding this required, he said, understanding this required a radical shift in my priorities. Three things came to the forefront. He said his home. He said, uh, I had to carve out time to love his wife, Jerry, and each of their four daughters. He said, I was loving Jesus through investing in my marriage and parenting uh, slowed me down considerably. So he said his home, he focused on his home, his emotional wholeness, wellness. He focused on home. That's priority. Then he said work, how he treated people at work. He said, slowing down, uh, um, he said, I stopped to have so many appointments all over the place. And he said, I paused. And he said, and one thing I remember, he said, instead of just doing stuff, he said, I evaluated what we could do that wasn't going to put us in a, in a frenzy and stretch us. And he said, so I started in that way. Okay, is this God or not God? Is that going to stretch us and put us like emotional uh, uh, frustration? Or, or, or is this some of God? Because we all are at peace getting it done. So he said, I paused at work. Then number three, he said, I had to look inward. I looked at myself. He said, beyond my times of reading the Bible, I now needed time to pay attention to what was happening within me. Each day so that I, each day so that I could bring that to God uh, also, um, rather than keeping busy to avoid inner pain and disappointments. I need the space, I needed a space to explore my feelings and wrestle with anger, shame, bitterness, Grief and jealousy, Ooh. fear or depression. In, it, in an open, contemplative way before God, I began to journal what I felt as I interacted with people. I started journaling, and I started not to journal because I'm like, what's my pick up this book? <laughs> but I had to get over that. I'm like, it's all right. They pick it up. It is what it is. But I was like, I got to get this off me. I, I journal. I journal. I haven't journaled well because I, ha I haven't had time to journal, but I journal. And when I journal, it's just like I write down things I'm dealing with. I write down things I believe in God for. I'm just writing. I'm just writing and I'm writing. And I tell many of my clients to journal. Certain of my clients, I tell them to start journaling to get things off of you. It, 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 it uh, unloads your mind. It can unload your heart just to journal. So we're closing. Any questions or comments? I know we got it's a lot. The gift of anchoring in God's love. That was so powerful. Like emotional health. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a bird in page 53. I'm not stupid. I'm not worthless. That, that was so powerful because it talked about things that you may have heard when you were young, when you were growing up. Um, that I'm, that, and you got to um, reprogram your mind. Let me read that page 53. Emotional health. The, the, the sinister voices of the surrounding world and our past are powerful. They repeat the, the deeply uh, held negative beliefs we may have uh, learned in our families and cultures growing up. Like, I'm a mistake. I am a burden. I am stupid. I am worthless. I am not allowed to make mistakes. I must be approved of, of uh, uh, or by certain people to feel okay. 
I don't have the right to experience joy and pleasure. I don't have the right to assert myself and say what I think and feel. I don't have a right to feel. I don't, I am not valued based on intelligence, wealth, and what I do, uh, not for who I am. And so this is just powerful, like things that we've been called out. And those of you who have the book, you can read it uh, because I know you got to move on. But uh, this is, um, yeah, this is powerful. So what are some takeaways that you have tonight? Because we got to close. But what are some takeaways? Because at the end of the day, we got to pause. That's the biggest thing. Slow it down. We got to be reflective in who we are, what we're wrestling with, what we're dealing with. Because, again, we can only control us. And if we don't know, and if we don't understand love, we don't understand um, just how to evaluate and feel our deep feelings. This one thing this book is very helpful for. That's why we're, we're doing it. But, and, and then ask questions. Ask questions like, explain this to me, explain that to me. The only thing about Sunday, or even when I minister, it's always like, I wish I could, people could, we could dialogue, you know, dialogue um, in the service just to ask questions about the text. Um, so anyway, so we're gonna close out, but any questions um, before we close? Any comments briefly, because we gotta close out. Anybody? I just wanna share real quickly. I had a little Mary Walker woman at work last week. We had a um, deputy who's out of a heart attack. He mm. works at the church on Sunday. Oh, wow. And his wife is also a deputy who works here on Sunday. And he had a heart attack and then died a few days later. And the pastor had said that they could use the church because they didn't have a church home. So when I talked to the wife, I was just so in the mode of trying to get the funeral stuff done. Mm -hmm. But I heard, I could hear in her voice, and I just stopped. I said, we'll go back to the funeral. But let me first tell you, I know this is hard. I know it's overwhelming, but you'll get through this. I lost my husband six years ago, and it just took a turn mm -hmm. that night. And so mm -hmm. the funeral was yesterday, and she came over. And she said, are you Felicia? And I told her, yeah, because I've never, I've seen her, but mm -hmm. I didn't know, I don't think we've ever talked before. But um, she was just telling me thank you and how it meant so much to her. But initially, I was so yes. trying to get a plan yes. because it's like, it's a whole set of steps that mm -hmm. you have to do to make sure everything is coming. Mm -hmm. But then the Lord was like, just somehow. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make a point that even though we, you know, how to do something and do it well, I mean, I've been on my job 22 years, yes. so I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes he still wants me to deviate yes. from the steps yes. and just do what he tells me to do. Yes. And, and minister to the person that's even in front of me what is off the line. Because mm -hmm. she needed that more than us playing that camera. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Because it's overwhelming. I mean, he was, we had a heart attack on a Thursday and by Saturday, he's gone. Wow. And they have, you know, kids, and, and she's still, you know, very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. out of her mm -hmm. heart. And so I said mm -hmm. to her yesterday, well, I have, you know, I'll, I'll be checking on you. Mm -hmm. Because it's some ministry for me now. Yes. But look how you were open to hear God because you're in his presence. You're open to hear God cause you to slow down. Because I'm saying you can be a Martha. But, yeah. and, 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 and a Mary, I feel like you can be a Martha and still when God, because you're in God's presence, you can hear God say, pause and take care of this. I, I feel you can do both, but I think the ultimate thing the author is trying to say is get in his presence, stay in his presence, because only in God can you really love. 
Only in God can you really hear his voice to say, get this done. Because God shows us how to love. We, we can't love outside of God. People can teach about love all day long. But if you don't say, God, touch my heart and let me love, we don't know how to love. We don't know how to love. And what he said, he said, I learned how to love my wife and my kids by slowing down and getting in God's presence and, let, and, and dealing with my emotional health. So we got to close. I know we can go on, but we got to close. Um, I want to pray this prayer um, that they have in the book. It's a powerful prayer. It says, oh, Lord, slow me down that I might uh, pay attention to you through this day, that I might meet you even as I read these pages. It is safe to walk with you whether or not I feel like it today. You are a secure place. Anchor me today. Anchor me to you today. Oh, Lord, <clears throat> among the storms and the trials going on all around me now, break me free from all thoughts ideas about you that are not true. Unleash a spiritual revelation in my interior. Lord Jesus, set me truly free, oh God, that I may be a gift to those, my God, that I may be a gift to those around me in Jesus' name. Lord, set us free tonight. Those online, God, set us free, God. Set us free that we may be a gift for your glory to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.